Rural Focus. Hello there to you. It's Truist Doctor with another Rural Focus podcast. If it's happening around agriculture, aquaculture or horticultural circles, we do our best to bring it to you. And I'll tell you what, do you, do you love a nice icy cold beer? Well, there's a new beer made with WA-grown malt barley hitting the shelves very soon. And there's going to be a bit of a relaunch happening at Wajin Woolarama very soon as well. We will catch up with head honcho from the Eagle Bay Brewing Company, Keegan Steinbacher. He's going to join us on the podcast and let us know how all this came about and how we can get our hands on a six-pack or two. But yes, all that and more coming your way very soon. Also, too, we'll speak cattle. How did the Mount Barker cattle sales go last week? We'll find out from Nutrient Livestock's very own Harry Carroll. He'll be along. But right now, time to say hello to Stu McKenzie. Good morning, Troy. Good morning, listeners. How are we all today? Now, mate, uh, you did pop along to uh, Williams last week. You're part of the GRDC Farm Business Update. Uh, how was it? Bloody fantastic, uh, to be short. So Michael, <laughs> M- Michael McQueen opened the day with uh, his insight into agriculture and what's what's coming up. And, you know, part of that was he was talking about, you know, obviously where, where labour is going to come from, but mm-hmm. obviously the increased pressure to get involved with, get on board with AI, the artificial intelligence, trends as to where possible markets are going to go, but also production going into, you know, autonomous autonomous machinery where we're not going to see too many operators on farm at all. So does okay. that solve the labour issue? I'm not quite sure. It's still going to be a little while down the track, but um, off the back of that, I reckon we may still see some autonomous vehicles at down mm, this okay. year. So. Yeah, what sort of machinery, mate? Like anything, or well, they're talking um, tractors so, and all that. Yeah. Been around for a little while, but yep. they're talking about these robotic, mm. uh, almost hand weeding machines that can go around and they they just run up and down their own little tram line and pick three leaf weeds. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see where the space goes. But Swarmbot mm. and you know the robotic dogs and all these other bits and pieces. Yeah, look, there's certainly a place for it in the market, and I think demand our, our technology hungry hunger. You know, our our demand for technology will increase and as long as we've got satellites and signal to actually operate them from a distance, it'll all be good. Mate, uh, the harvest, the mega harvest has come to an end, pumping billions of dollars back into the WA economy. Yeah, over $10 billion back mm. into the WA economy. That's fantastic from the, the team there at CBH and uh, a whopping 26 million tonnes. We'll just to scratch over, so... 2022, I believe it was 21.6 or 22 million, so mm. we're up again. <laughs> uh, and they're already forecasting another bumper crop for 2023, 2024. How much more of a headache does this have for CBH? Well, look, they seem to be going okay at the moment, yeah. getting grain to ship, and there seems to be ships at port ready to go. And I think a lot of that comes off, comes off the back of the conversation that CBH had with the, the ports and the stevedores the other week. So, you know, whatever they've done there seems to have worked for now. What's going to be the the slowdown is, okay, unloading fertiliser ships to get grain back on board because that's a, quite a slow, tedious process. Yep. Grab by grab, there's no... So there's no real automated process to get bulk commodity off of ship except for using the old crane and grab. So if, I think if they could speed that process up, whether it be a vacuum, a giant vacuum cleaner type thing like they do for viewing <laughs> grain, or what, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but our crops are only going to get bigger. So the transport logistics network is only going to have to increase and modernise along with it, I think. So okay. that, the, yeah, the issue is going to be how quickly we can unload and reload. Right. Um, to continue moving right along. We saw th- on our way to Perth yesterday, we saw yep. three three trains between 
Albany and Perth, so mm-hmm. and all heading to Albany. So great job by the, the team at CBH to do what they've done so far. Uh, report out last week, mate. Uh, CBH entering the liquid fertilizer market. What are you hearing around the traps on this? Yeah, this is. Oh, it was always going to happen. CBH started talking about this probably five years ago, um, and it's taken them a while to get to it. However, ladies and gents, they are not the newest player into the liquid fertilizer market. There are other suppliers around who have been doing this for longer. It might not be ammonium nitrate driven. It's, it's urea driven, but they are certainly not the not, not the newest. And from an agronomy point of view, you want to limit the 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 use of ammonium nitrate down the tube because it does give you root pruning at uh, at emergence. So there are some scientific fact and not by Australian researchers, but by American and, and European researchers that you you know you take the you take ammonium nitrate out of flexium and the number is less than some of these the number of the percentage of nitrogen is less than some of the other Australian manufactured products. Yes, they might be the newest into the bulk side, but they're not the newest into the game. So urea and ammonium nitrate, although it has a place, was only ever developed as ground apply, not liquid injection. And this is where most of UAN that is purchased now is going, particularly in the WA space. All right, so we'll uh, keep a close eye on that one. WA uh, wool growers, mate, uh, lagging apparently in the use of property identification codes. Yeah, so this 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 is an interesting one because obviously we've always had the 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 paint on there which shows where yep. it's come from and the grade. Yep. But that doesn't say that it's from farm A, farm B, or farm C. So what they're calling for is. Increased traceability, which means barcoding, essentially, mm. I think. You're barcoding our wool pack, so it's got traceable to a shed that it was shorn at, the flock, and adding in more information for our retailers. So uh, this And this does help when wool goes missing, which apparently happens quite <laughs> yeah, a lot. Apparently, yeah, I did hear that the other day. Yeah, I went, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. All right, we'll keep a close eye on that one too. Mate, a uh, couple of WA politicians uh, in uh, a bit of a spat. Oh, look. Right? Ladies and gents, mum and dad don't like you know the kids don't like it when mum and dad fight. So <laughs> Jackie Jackie Jarvis, our interim uh, and incoming ag minister yeah. at a state level, has stood up in parliament and said to Shane Love, the new leader for the National Party, that's a sexist remark he's just made, asking if the only reason she got the job is because she was a woman. Now. The backstory is Darren West, who is the only sitting farmer, current farmer, um, who sits on the labour bench, was clearly a much better, a, a, a much preferred opportunity. And as a as a minister who farms, who gets the industry and is part of the industry and has been lobbying for the industry for many, many years, for him not to get the role is a bit stupid, really. And I think there's a lot of people out there saying that or thinking it, but don't quite have the guts to say it. Jackie Jarvis has got all upset. Well, Jackie Jarvis, if you're listening today, which I doubt you are because you're probably the only ag minister in the country who doesn't listen to uh, the Rural Focus podcast here on this one. Um, you are going to get much worse than you only got the job because you're a woman. You will need to grow a thicker skin because this, you know, you are going to have the next three or four years getting taunted in all directions and showing love. He's a lovely, lovely man, pardon the pun, and he would have been saying it because that's the question being asked. So man up, Jackie, and if you'd like to know more, please listen to the Listener Podcast. Do you think the question by Shane Love... Uh... Was was a bit of an attack on the minister? No, I don't think it was an attack on the minister at all. And I mean, look, unfortunately, when we see these snippets in 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 the Countryman and the Farm Weekly, they don't give you the whole backstory. So we've got to give Shane the benefit of the doubt, but we've also got to give Jackie the benefit of the doubt too, to a point. However, in saying that, 
the ag minister is going to get a lot worse. Shane Love, as the Nationals leader, is going to get a lot worse. Mark McGowan, as the Premier, is going to get a lot worse. So pull on your big girl panties and let's just move on. Uh, the federal uh, Labor government are in WA, mate. Uh, anything come of this, You're, do you think? Uh, yeah, going up north is, you know, Albanese is bringing a whole caucus with him. So, yeah. um, look, this is fantastic. And I, I love this regional regional um, caucus stuff. It's fantastic. And, I mean, it, it does give the other ministers an insight if they want to learn something about it. Albanese's obviously been fairly hands-on in getting around the country. And I think for one or two of these members, they've probably never been to regional WA. They might have come to Perth and gone, oh, how pretty is that? They're going to Port Hedland or Newman or wherever they're going. Mm. I think it's a fantastic step. And it'll give them first-world experience as to what's actually happening mm. in regional WA, particularly where they're going up at Port Hedland. So <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Albanese. Yeah, I think some are going to uh, Kalgoorlie today. I think yeah, the, so, I, I think the so, Prime Minister yeah. is one of them that uh, is going to uh, Kalgoorlie today. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll uh, wait and see. Not too sure. Well, I'm sure that the Federal Agriculture Minister, as you say, uh, Murray Watt, a.k.a. the Phantom, uh, <laughs> could be around somewhere today, mate. I'm not too sure, but uh, we'd love for him to come on the show today. But, uh, yes, he's probably busy uh, meeting uh, with other WA farmers. Well, let's hope that he is uh, while he is here in He might WA. not have got the memo, mate. I, I, maybe not, the mate. invite didn't, didn't go uh, right. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, mate, anything else before I let you go, mate? Yeah, look, there's a gentleman in, in Narragin, uh, David Langlead, who, for those playing along in Narragin, certainly know David, and a lot of people through the Great Southern do. David spent a good part of his working career at Ingray Ford in Narragin as the parks manager, and then went across to uh, Coventry, which then became Skippers. Before he retired, his son has got Narragin pumps and solar and, and, and spraying, I think it is, in in Narragin. Anyway, David turned the big seven zero over the weekend. Okay. Happy birthday. Um, he's just recovered from a bout of cancer. Um, so, David, happy birthday to you, mate. Um, I know my mum was at a bit of a soiree for you on the weekend, so we need more people like David. David's heavily involved in the restoration committee in, in Narragin, doing up old farm machinery and old vehicles and all the rest of it. And, um, yeah, just a He's one of nature's gentlemen. So, David, if you're listening, um, happy birthday, mate. And um, we hope all goes well for the next 12 to 18 months post-cancer. Happy birthday for the weekend. Mate, uh, thank you for your time this morning as always. <laughs> uh, mate, <laughs> we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Roy. Thanks, listeners. Have a great one and please stay safe. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Tom, I'd like to catch you with Nutrient Livestock's very own Harry Carroll. See how things went last week there at Mount. Barker, good morning, sir. Good morning, Troy. Morning, listeners. How did you go last week, mate? All right. Last uh, last Thursday, Troy, we yarded uh, 1,600 wieners, um, of which the Nutrient team contributed 620 of those. Good yarding again, but uh, the weight and the heavy end of the calves uh, was nowhere near as, as heavy as it has been in weeks gone by. So those calves and 400 kilos plus weren't as plentiful as they have been for the last two or three months, I suspect. So, But all in all, 420 kilo plus calves, 370 to 414 cents a kilo would have averaged 395 of the day, the 380 to 420 kilo calves, 390 to 430 would have averaged 410, 330 to 380 kilo wiener steers, 380 to a top of 434 would have averaged 410 for the day there. Uh, your lighter in, 280 to 330 kilos, uh, 370 to 434, also about 410, so the, the averages aren't much different right the way through the weight categories. And those under 280 kilos, 400 to a top of 486 cents a kilo, the 80s 
486, one pin of nice carbs there to go back to the paddock, and they would have averaged 430 cents for the day there. <clears throat> now, the heifer portion of the market, um, once again, last week the heifers got pretty tough to sell, and um, it wasn't a whole lot easier this last week. The 380 to 420 kilo wiener heifers, 320 to 360 cents a kilo would have averaged 340. The 330 to 380 kilo wiener heifers, 340 to the top of 398 would have averaged 360 there, and the 280 to 330 kilo wiener heifers, 330 to 346 cents, probably 340 would have thrown the, uh, the average into that lot. Uh, those under 280 kilos, 320 to 388 cents would have averaged 340. Now that wrapped up Thursday, Troy, yep. and then on Friday, Friday trade sale, there was 330 yarded, of which uh, Nutrient had 154 of those. Uh, trade cattle almost non-existent, um, only odd numbers here and there, but five to 600 kilo steers, uh, these sold from 300 to 330 cents. Four to 500 kilo uh, trade yielding steers, 310 to 346 cents would have averaged 330 to the feeders. Uh, heavy boning room heifers over 540 kilos, only odd sales to a 300 kilo average. And those under 540 kilos being taken care of by the feeders, 260 to 318 cents a kilo would have averaged 280 for the day there. But on the Friday, we had a really good run of heavy heavy beef, heavy medium beef cows, really good quality, and they were the largest category in the, in the yarding. The market here was stronger again. Heavy cows sold from 270 to 296 cents a kilo. Medium weight cows, 270 to a top of 306 would have averaged 285 at a strong market. Plain cows, all being bought by processors at 240 to 268 cents a kilo would have averaged 250. <coughs> heavy prime bulls, 270 to 310. Very good day on Friday. And that wrapped it up, Troy. Alright, so last week of the two-day sale this week? Yeah, look, yep. that's what it's looking like. Yep. Probably going to make a final call on that this Thursday. Uh, Troy, so um, it'll depend largely on what uh, we end up with numbers this week and anticipated for the following week. But that's probably where we're heading at this stage, I suspect. All right, and then back to the one-day sale next on the, the thir- Thursday. Thursday. Yep, yep. Right. But we'll confirm all this that this time next week. All right, buddy. No worries. Anything else before I let you get on out and about this morning, mate? Well, we're right in the thick of bull sales. Yep. Uh, stud bull sales are right on right around the state. Yeah. So we're, there's a bull sale every day of the week you can go to if you wish. But um, look, if anybody's out there looking for replacement size, now's the time to go. Give us a yell if you can't get there. We'll operate on your behalf. But um, there's plenty of good quality out yeah. there and uh, it's on right now. Mate, always nice to chat on a Monday. Have a great week, mate. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Troy. Rural Focus on Triple M. Well, it's not every day that you get to speak about a beer or anything alcoholic, but there is a new beer here in WA made from WA-grown malt barley hitting the shelves very soon. So I thought I'd catch up with the man in the know, the head honcho at Eagle Bay Brewing Company, Keegan Steinbacher. And I asked Keegan that, well, there's going to be a bit of a relaunch happening very soon about it. We're doing a bit of a launch for Wage and Wallarama. Um, we were we were hoping to do it last year, but COVID paid heed to that, as, as most things. Um, yeah, so we're, we're kind of going back this year to, to relaunch and give it give it another kick. Essentially, we started working with Clayton South out in Wagen. Uh He grew us a tonne of, or 1.2 tonne of Spartacus yep. barley, yep. which, of course, is very little. To him, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 it makes it makes a lot of beer for us. Absolutely, so yeah. We're we're still working our way through that malt on our end. We we got that malted and we blend it with a bit of other WA malt um, that we get through Barrett Burston malting, and then yeah, we just went for a nice classic Australian lager. So this is replacing your core lager offering, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. 
so I, I am a little sad about that. I do I do love our core range lager, but we yeah. think um, you know being able to use some locally grown malt and barley, which is something we aim to do more of over the coming years. Yeah. There's a, a maltster in Capel opening up hopefully soon, and hopefully they're going to do another round of this malt for us in in the coming months. Um, that's that's Malacup malt. Yep. Um, so we're hoping to work with them and kind of build build up the local craft malting scene as well. Yeah, and, and really put some investment into that. So is this the first time you've tried this, mate, from, from a WA farm? Yeah, directly yeah. from a farm. Yeah. This is the first yeah. guy we've had. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure if it was you or not, mate, but uh, you're describing the beer as an easy-drinking Aussie beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. It comes from WA. Why, why, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't. I think with lager, you don't need to overcomplicate it, right? I wouldn't have thought so, mate. No. As long no. as it tastes nice, mate, that's the main thing. Keep it nice and cold and you're uh, A-OK. Yeah, that's the plan. Now, uh, using the wage and barley, mate, uh, talk us through it. Uh, is it a significant step for, for craft brewing? I think I think the attitude of local craft brewing is heading that way anyway. Mm. Um, for us, it's about scale and, and economy, really. You know, there's there's a nice little bit of food security if you know directly where it's coming from, if you've got a connection to the farmer, is it, quite helpful. But I think most brewers at least have, have a, a part of their scope focused on sustainability for sure. And, yeah, it's been really interesting to chat with Clayton and understand the season for the wheat belt and really kind of get into that groove as well, go yeah. a little bit deeper into where our products come from. So how did all this come about, mate? You, were you chatting with Clayton one day and, you you know, you're sitting by the uh, fire we, one day and come up with the idea <laughs> or what was it going? Uh, I wish. That'd be very nice <laughs> and romantic. Um, we initially engaged with Woolorama Last okay. year, yeah. to, they they wanted products that were local and tying people together. And Clayton's got a connection to Dunsborough out out near where where we are. So mm-hmm. they sort of said, "Oh, you, you guys might be a good fit." And yep. yeah, we we just had a chat, and everything kind of snowballed from there, which was which was you know quite nice. And I know I know Clayton's stoked to be able to see a finished product from his mm. grain. Absolutely. And how are things going there at Eagle Bay, mate? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Cruising along, yeah. going all right. Yeah. Strength to strength, everything's really nice. Good, good team here. Good, good beers, and we're looking forward to a nice season of wheat belt lager. Absolutely, yeah, it comes in a nice, uh, nice. Is it only in the cans, mate? Cans and kegs. Okay. So we are, right. we are looking for tap points. Yep. Um, Greg out at the Palace Hotel in Wagen. He's, uh, I think, he's had it on tap nearly twelve months now because we got him engaged around Wallarama last year, and of yep. course, when that didn't work, we we did a little quiet launch out in Wagen <laughs> last year, and we've just sort of been ticking along with the beer in the background, ready for kind of a, a nice swap into the core range and a, and a big launch now. Well, mate, uh, good luck with it, and I uh, I look forward to uh, trying it out when we get to Wagen for this year's Woolorama. Sounds good to me, mate. Can't wait to try one. The Wheat Belt Lager, all with thanks to Keegan and the team there at the Eagle Bay Brewing Company. It has been out for a while. Uh, have you had a taste of the Wheat Belt Lager? Love to hear and get your thoughts on it. 04800 is the text number. Have you tried the Wheat Belt Lager grown here in WA on a farm near Wagen? The WA-grown malt barley. Oh, can't wait to try it. I think I'll just have to wait to the Wage and Woolorama in a couple of weeks' time. I've been Troy Stockton. Hey, thank you for joining us on today's Rural Focus podcast. I look forward to bringing you another one again very soon.